Hello everybody. So today we'll be dealing with the essay The Idea of Provincializing Europe by Deepesh Chakravarti. Provincializing Europe does not deal with Europe since it has already been provincialized by history itself. European age came into being only toward the middle of 20th century and European history does not embody a universal human history. Deepesh Chakravarti introduces himself as a historian of modern South Asia. So his aim is precisely stated in the beginning as I quote, The Europe I seek to provincialize or decenter is an imaginary figure that remains deeply embedded in cliched and shorthand forms in some everyday habits of thought that invariably subtend attempts in the social sciences to address questions of political modernity in South Asia. I unquote. This simply means that he is trying to shift Europe from the mainstream of it representing a mega-narrative to a province of representing a mini-narrative. The phenomenon of political modernity stated above invokes certain categories and concepts, the genealogies that find its deep roots in the intellectual and theological traditions of Europe. The categories or concepts that bear European conscience includes citizenship, the state, civil society, public sphere, human rights, equality before the law, the individual, distinctions between public and private, the idea of subject, democracy, popular sovereignty, social justice, scientific rationality, and so on. And these above-mentioned concepts found a climactic form in the course of the European Enlightenment and the 19th century. The indispensable universal and secular vision of the human is reflected through these concepts. 19th century European colonizers who preached Enlightenment humanism denied this in practice as this would give a upper hand to the colonized. And this vision proves to be a solid foundation to critique socially unjust practices. Marxist and liberal thoughts carry the legacy of this intellectual heritage which has become global now. Then, Chakravarti accounts India as a colonized country and how Enlightenment Europe was appropriated in the subcontinent. Post-colonial scholarship is committed to engaging the universal as the abstract figure of the human or that of reason that were forged in 18th century Europe and that underlie the human sciences. All post-colonial thinkers with Fanon in the vanguard hold on to the vision of enlightenment humanism which was although preached but suppressed by the white colonizers. It is difficult to assign universal in the condition of political modernity. 
the European intellectual tradition as the only surviving European thought in the social science departments of most modern universities. Chakravarti states about his awareness regarding the European intellectual tradition as an entity that stretched back to the ancient Greeks and it is a fabrication of relatively recent European history. This has become the genealogy of thought in which social scientists found themselves wrapped in. One result of European colonial rule in South Asia is that the intellectual traditions once unbroken and alive in Sanskrit or Persian or Arabic are now only matters of historical research for perhaps all modern social scientists in the region and these traditions are regarded as truly dead, as history. The history of politicization of the population or the coming of political modernity in the countries outside of the Western capitalist democracies of the world produces a deep irony in the history of the political. This history challenges us to rethink two conceptual gifts of 19th century Europe, concepts integral to the idea of modernity. The historical concept of provincializing Europe is the experience of political modernity in a country like India. The Politics of Historicism Post-structuralist philosophers like Michel Foucault have undoubtedly contributed to global critiques of historicism. Later, Chakravarti pinpoints Jameson's concept of the cultural logic of late capitalism. The cultural studies scholar Lawrence Grossberg questioned whether history itself is not endangered by consumerist practices of contemporary capitalism. The aforementioned phrase, late capitalism, is properly the name of a phenomenon that is understood as belonging primarily to the developed capitalist world, though its impact on the rest of the globe is never denied. The tie that binds together historicism and political modernity in the erstwhile European colonies is what Western critiques of historicism with late capitalism as their base focuses on. Historicism enabled European domination of the world in the 19th century. Historicism is what made modernity or capitalism look not simply global, but rather as something that became global over time by originating in one place, that is in Europe, and then spreading outside it. Western nationalism would later produce local versions of the same narrative replacing Europe by some locally constructed center. It was historicism 
that allowed Marx to say that the country that is more developed industrially only shows to the less developed the image of its own future. Historicism thus posited historical time as a measure of the cultural distance that was assumed to exist between the West and the non-West. In the colonies, it legitimated the idea of civilization. In Europe itself, it made possible completely internless histories of Europe in which Europe was described as the site of the first occurrence of capitalism, modernity or enlightenment. These events in turn are all explained mainly with respect to events within the geographical confines of Europe. The inhabitants of the colonies, on the other hand, were assigned a place elsewhere in the first in Europe and then elsewhere structure of time. This move of historicism is what Johannes Fabian has called the denial of coolness. Historicism and even the modern European idea of history came to non-European peoples in the 19th century as somebody's way of saying not yet to somebody else. Consider the classic liberal but historicist essays of John Stuart Mill, for example, on liberty and on representative government, both of which proclaimed self-rule as the highest form of government and yet argued against giving Indians or Africans self-rule on grounds that were indeed historicist. According to Mill, Indians or Africans were not yet civilized enough to rule themselves. Some historical time of development and civilization had to elapsed before they could be considered prepared for such a task. Mill's historicist argument thus consigned Indians, Africans and other root nations to an imaginary waiting room of history. In doing so, it converted history itself into a version of this waiting room. We were all headed for the same destination, Mill Award, but some people were to arrive earlier than others. That was what historicist consciousness was, a recommendation to the colonized to wait. Acquiring a historical consciousness, acquiring the public spirit that Mill thought absolutely necessary for the art of self-government was also to learn this art of waiting. This waiting was the realization of the not yet of historicism. Thank you.